Welcome to Squared Circle Rewind Podcast, Episode 6, where we review WrestleMania 2. I'm Jesse, joined by Dave and Ben, and Ben will lead us in. Well, uh, I gotta say, with the opening credits, the show looked a lot more legitimate. I, I actually felt like I was actually watching the introduction of a very big sporting event, like the Super Bowl, the World Series, like it had that better presentation and uh, WWE, WWF at the time, sorry, um, definitely showed that, you know, they've put a lot of investment into this product and they are going uh, full, full steam ahead with this. And uh, they've just, to me, they just showed uh, that they've arrived finally and that this is going to be here for a long period of time. The WrestleMania 2 has been, is going to be in three locations, uh, New York, Long Island, uh, Nassau Coliseum, Chicago, the Rosemont Horizon, and L.A. in the uh, the Sports Center, where WrestleMania 8 is, seven. Seven is held. Hoosier Dome is WrestleMania That's is, right. Come on now. I know. Uh, Ray Charles sings America the Beautiful. Uh, so I guess after Mean Gene not doing great with the Star Spangled Banner, they decide to switch to America the Beautiful and better singers. Uh, the New York show is first with Vince McMahon and Susan St. James as the announcers. Yeah, and the first match is Paul Orndorff versus Magnificent Morocco. And the fans are loving it. Like, as soon as the match starts, they're cheering all the arm drags, all the attacks. Like, it was very tenacious. It was a rough and tumble matchup right there. Like, this, they, like, right into it. Like, I don't know. I can't really say what the story developed into this because we didn't really watch it. We just watched from Mania 1 to Mania 2. Too, like we yeah, just, there, we there was no so, other there was no other paper news. Yeah, we between. don't know what kind of storyline there, but it was from the from what I saw. Obviously, it was a pretty intense story. It was a very um, it was it was a, it was a good opening match to start a pay per view. Uh, the only problem was the the finish wasn't the greatest. Uh, they were they finished in a double countout. Uh, they started brawling outside the ring, and uh, Orndorff, who was the babyface, poked Don Morocco in the eye, which this that is not very babyface like. But um, I guess. You know, once a heel, always a heel, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, and the crowd did not like that finish. They were booing. Uh, they were chanting some not nice things. Yeah, there was a lot of inappropriate language used by the by the fans to show their displeasure. Yes, it, it, is, the New York, <laughs> it is a New York crowd, though. So, I mean, they do have uh, the tendency to be very um, vocal. Yes. Uh, and then we go on to the next match. For the Intercontinental title... It's George Animal Steel versus Randy Savage, and Savage is the defending, retaining champion. That's, That's right. right. Uh, he won the title from Tito Santana at the Boston Garden after using a foreign object yes. wrapped around his knuckle, which yeah. looked, basically looked like rolled-up hockey tape. <laughs> now, the storyline with this match is George Animal Steel is infatuated with Miss Elizabeth. I am, too. And um, Me, too. And with that being said, I can you you know throughout the match you notice that he doesn't really care about the IC title. Yeah, he more or less just wants the respect and the admiration from Miss Elizabeth. And the storyline and the way that they executed it was just tremendous in this match. Yes, uh, and you know his nickname is George the Animal, so for him to want the girl more than the title makes sense because he's supposed to be like an animal. Mm-hmm. So, that is good psychology. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I don't know who the, like I, I obviously don't know backstage who the agent was, but it, this was a well put together match. Uh, Savage really showed off his speed 
and uh, his his cowardly heel tactics with rolling out of the ring and using Elizabeth as a bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> dastardly macho. Man. The dastardly macho man. Uh, very very good match. Uh, George the Animal Seal at one point kicks out of a Macho Man elbow drop, which hadn't been seen before. And it doesn't get seen too often, to be quite honest. The, the only other time I remember somebody kicking out of a... My boy, Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. As, as Seven times or six Yeah, <laughs> when, when Savage drops five elbow drops and Warrior kicks out of every single one. So Which was a garbage finish, by the way. <laughs> no, like... Uh, yeah, like back then, the finishing maneuvers were literal. You hit it, yes. it's over. Like, it's just one and done. Yep. So, yep. like, when I saw him kick out, I was like, I marked. I was like, this is awesome. Like, it just showed how tenacious that George the Steel, you know, George Steel was with gaining Elizabeth. And, like, there are so many heel tactics that Savage did, like, going underneath the ring and exiting the other side of the ring. Yes. And then cowering. Like, it's just... Yes. And I will say Randy Savage was just fast. Yeah. And very oh, yes. agile back in the day. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't ripped. He was toned in great shape and... Whenever you can move. Whenever I see Randy holding the IC title, it reminds you how prestigious that that title really is. Yes. Like or back was. in the day. Yeah. Was, yeah. Not so much now. Um, Savage won with a roll-up, with his having his feet on the ropes. Um, very good match. Uh, we all love Savage here. So it was, Especially me. Yes, especially <laughs> Ben. That, that was his favorite guy as a kid. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Um... Yeah, great match, uh, no problem. And two turnbuckles bit the dust with George biting into them, so you know, we'll have to say a prayer for them. Um, and we go on to the next match. The third match was Jake the Snake Roberts versus George Wells. Never heard of George Wells. Not gonna nope. lie, he sold the DDT well. That's all I know. They sold it. To, they made. <laughs> they made mention that he played for the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL. So I guess that that's some, that bad of a football player. He got cut from the CFL. That's right. Just well, ask The Rock. But, yeah. I mean, I think he did okay. <laughs> the Rock did okay, yes. The Rock did okay. Uh, in this match, Susan St. James is brutal. Uh, she doesn't... Like, I know they're trying to get the guests, like the celebrities there, but they should not be as announcers. Because all she kept on saying was, uh-oh, the entire match. McMahon's calling it, and all she'd say is, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Like... Bring something to the table here, Susan. <laughs> you might as well just have her pre-record it. Yeah, exactly. She did not even need to be there. Um, Jake Roberts sells punches very well. Yes, he sells everything well. Uh, he not just, the most athletic. Not the most athletic, but he he sells them very very well. Um, it was an okay match. Uh, like you said, George Wells sells the DDT. Awesome, you know, with the face bump. Uh, it makes it look like it's like the guy's knocked out. I've always thought that when the the worker just does a face bump as opposed to to the the roll through the DT cell, it just looks more impactful. Yeah, just straight up boom, out for the count. And uh, like nowadays, you see the, the, like DTs as normal moves. Yes, sometimes like ten seconds yeah. into the match. Like, but when, when Jake Roberts hit it, it was like done. So he hits the DT. George Wells is out. Yeah, and then they put the snake on him. And the I always snake, love that. And and what what this cr actually creeped me out, t like right watching it today was the snake went around went around George Wells' neck, mm -hmm. 
and then he started like foaming at the mouth. So I don't know if he like built up spit in his mouth to make it look like that, but it looked. That like, is what it was. I, and only certain people I found back then could actually really do that, like actually get that foam to their mouth kind of thing. Yeah, so that was that was quite crazy. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Lawler was actually quite good at doing it. Yeah, that. Jake the Snake doing a great job of um, of uh, being the the manip- not manipulative. Sorry, the 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 heel. You know, being mm-hmm. the 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 heel in this match. Even though I never heard of George Wells prior to this match, I thought he he handled himself in the match like really well. He took yep. bumps pretty good too. He had yep. a wicked power slam. Yes. in that match too, which yep. I, that actually impressed me. Um, so moving on, we go to the main event of the New York portion. It's Roddy Piper versus Mr. T in a boxing match. Yeah, not boy. this is not the greatest. The, the hype for the match, fantastic. Yes, but not the greatest, folks. Like it's it's not the uh, uh, not the greatest match. Uh, a a worked boxing match is probably the worst thing that wrestling can do. Was this pretty much? Was this like the first I think gimmick match that they had at Mania? Cause I can't yeah, because I can't recall one in Mania well, One. Mania One, they had the body slap wow. match, but that what? But yeah. that's still within. That's you just have wrestlers doing that match. Though. Yeah, that I mean, was within the the wrestling world, but to have a worked boxing match didn't didn't really make sense. Uh, Mister okay. T gets blown up. Uh, oh God! Like is it's he ever it blown up, tired. Uh, Two minutes into the first round, did you did you find his, his the punches that T was throwing too looked really just they're really almost like they're pansy punches. Well, he looked he looked like he was tired and he couldn't he couldn't lift his arms. You know, I've I've heard of that. Like you just you're just tired and you just you have trouble getting your arm up to hit, and that's what it looked like to me, which did not help a worked boxing match because the punches no. the punches have to look. Somewhat real. I mean, the brawl for all when they did that in the late nineties, that looked real. They uh, were throwing. I'm in pretty that. sure it was real. That's it the was problem real. With that thing. Yeah, butterbean. Um, the most entertaining part of this was in between rounds. You had in between round one, uh, uh, Bob Orton goes and, and pours water on Mister T while, he, while so he's great. sitting in his corner, and then <laughs> at uh, between round two. Uh, Roddy Piper throws a chair wildly. Loved it. Well, actually, I watched in uh, Piper's DVD that by this point, Piper was just infuriated with how the match went. Like, he, he was saying to T, like, during the match, like, come on, like, hit me. Like, yeah, let's, let's sell this. Like, hit me. And then yes. he threw the chair, like, yelling at T, will you hit me already? Like, yeah. he was just infuriated. Because, I mean, Piper wanted to put on a good show. I mean, it's Piper. Yeah. The main eventer. Uh, they each knocked each other down once. Um, well, I think Piper would knock down twice because one time he fell in the ring and the second he rolled out of the ring. Yes, oh, that's right, that's right, yes. So he tripped and fell twice. Yeah, he tripped and fell. <laughs> um, at the end, uh, Piper gets frustrated and body slams Mr. T. So yep. obviously that's not allowed in boxing. So uh, <laughs> Mr. T uh, wins by DQ. Uh, the Like Ben said earlier, the fans were into it to start, but by the end I think they were frustrated with, with how it went. Like, they were cheering Piper at the end of the match. Yeah. Because I think they realized that at least Piper showed up. Yeah, so that's not a great way to end your New York portion of a main event. And but... that's why I've never liked cross-branding sports. Like, you know, later on we see Big Show versus Akabono. Yeah. And I just, I, I've never liked them. Like, when I saw this this match booked, I was like, no, I'm good. I yeah. actually didn't want to watch it because I knew exactly that I would be critiquing more than watching. Yes. And that's what happened. 
From there, we go to Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon for Gorilla Mon- and Gorilla Monsoon, Mean Gene Oakland, and Kathy Lee Crosby are the announcers. Um, I don't know who Kathy Lee Crosby is, nope. so, so that's two celebrities now. I don't know who they are. Um, and we're off to the first match. Which is Fabulous Moolah versus Velvet McIntyre. For, no. for the ladies' for the title, ladies it is not called women's at this Wait, point. Wait, is it title or championship? It was well. It was I, I sorry, I say title. So uh, you say title. Was, what do you say, Ben? Uh, I say championship. So do you say belt or title or championship? Uh, probably title because it just title? really wasn't. So I'm the odd one. Wasn't, out. It, it's okay. not like today's women's wrestlers. So ladies' title. Ladies' yeah. title. Yeah. Um, what what got me was it said ladies, not women's. Like I thought that was interesting. Very classy. Why, why is it like I? I actually think it's worse to be called ladies. Like, women's is just like this, the woman's title, you know? I, I don't know. Uh, Mula's the champ going into this. Um, eh. It was, was a, it was a man match. Mula's snapmares were something to my behold. God, I was cringing when I watched it. I'm like, good, good God, I'm so glad I'm bald. Yes, uh, she would <laughs> grab Velvet McIntyre's hair and use it to snapmare her over. And Velvet sold it really well, or she was just along for the ride. Um, I think a lot of those were shoot, <laughs> I think though. it was both. You know? Uh, I, think the, I think the first one was like a, an eye-opener. Yep. And the second one, she's like, okay, we're doing this again. Yeah, and, and she did it a few time. times, like three, three or times. four times. And uh, there wasn't much to it. Velvet McIntyre had, had wardrobe issues throughout the match. Yep. And uh, then Mula just wins with the splash. Splash, one, two, three. It wasn't as good as Ultimate Warrior, though. It was not good as the Warrior Splash, but no. it got the job done. It got the job done. So, yeah, nothing really to say except for how, t- like, just vicious Fabulous Miller was. Yes. With those, like... And, like, Snapmares are a movie you don't see often nowadays. No. Not, not used like, at all. You know, usually they're used to, like, set up rest holds, like Snapmare to a rear uh, choke hold or whatever. Yep. But this, like, she was using them as finishes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm here to hurt you. So, yeah, Fabulous Miller yep. goes over. Uh, the second match, I guess this would be. This is the second match. Second Chicago, match yeah. would be a twenty-man battle royal. No, no, no. The no, second Volkov. match was Nikolai. Oh, Volkov. sorry, Nikolai. Volkov. I did this last yeah. time. You did. Nikita, Nikolai Volkov versus Corporal. You put Corporal. Nikita. I did versus oh, Corporal Kirshner. Um, I did put Nikita. Volkov does a spinning kick to start off the match. To start off the match, and it looked horrendous. Yes. Why is a man of that size like? Uh, Nikolai Volkov was over 300 pounds. Very agile. Agile for big man, but I don't... Why would you tell the big man to do a spinning kick? You know, like... A punch from a 300-pound man is more impactful yes. than, than a than a uh, really bad spinning kick. You know, why why they did that, I am not and sure. the way that Kirshner sold it, it was like he was caught off guard as well. Yeah, I don't think he expected <laughs> it. He was like, He's like whoa, 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 what just happened? What, why are you kicking me? Like, why are you kicking me that way? Uh, it was just... That was actually the only note I had in this match. Um, yeah, that's basically it. It wasn't a good match. <laughs> uh, the fan, the it, fans were kind of into it, too, because, I mean, it was just... The character of Corporal Kirshner, too, I mean, you know, G.I. Joe was a really big thing back then, so, I mean, I get the spin off of that, so... Was it a... Was it a flag match too? No, no, no. They just had flags. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they just had flags. Flag match. For uh, Bla- reason. Classy Freddy Blassie was Volkov's manager, and he tried to throw the cane in to to Volkov, but Kirshner caught it, and as the ref was accosting Blassie to get him off the ring apron, Kirshner hit Volkov with the cane, threw it out of the ring. One, two, three. So Kirshner gets the ma- gets the win. Not a great match though. Uh, no. I don't know if this. 
was just put in because they wanted to get them to work and maybe bring the crowd down a little bit for the next match. I'm not sure. Um, not very classy, Mr. No. <laughs> classy. <laughs> so we're going to the next match. The next, Okay, the next match is the 20-man battle royal. That's right. Yeah, I got a little bit ahead of myself. So yeah. this match is the 20-man battle royal. I believe it's the build the NFL versus the NFL WWF. versus the WWF, yes. yeah. So I think they had maybe, because 20 minutes, so I think they had 12 to 13 wrestlers and 7 or 8 NFL guys. Like, it wasn't split down the middle. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> Especially when one of the guys is Andre the Giant. The big, the big addition for the NFL was the fridge, William Perry, who yes. plays in Chicago at the time with the Chicago Bears. And, and his nickname is quite bang on this yeah. guy is as big as a fridge he is huge he is humongous uh he's got a he's wearing some kind of singlet and he's got he's got like pants over the singlet but the singlet's giving him the worst wedgie throughout the match i'm sure it wasn't very comfortable for him because i never saw him really jump up that high when he was on the gridiron no. uh, playing in games but man when he had that uh when he had that dental floss up that uh that uh, that crack, oh man, it was uh, it was hopping around pretty good. Yeah, uh, and this is our first appearance of Bret Hart, uh, yes, our, our Calgary, our Calgary boy, uh, in blue and black, which was weird. I don't remember ever seeing him in other colors. They were still kind of fine. In there yeah, I think this was with four Hart Foundation. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 well, no. They were the Heart Foundation. They were the Heart Foundation, it was, but like, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't they, the they're finding their attack. identity. It wasn't the pick and black attack. It wasn't no. the pick and black attack. Other notable, black. notable wrestlers in this was Bruno Sammartino was in it. Andre the Giant. Big John Studd. Iron Sheik was in it. So um, Pedro Morales, too. Did you say Pedro Morales? Pedro Morales was in it. Um, and Bruno was in it, too. And I mean, I'm glad that they actually got... Guys of that, like the wrestlers of that caliber that were, you know, big in the 70s and 80s. At least they got a spot and they got, you know, I guess, quote unquote, the WrestleMania moment in some way. Um, You know, it wasn't too special, though. It's just a typical battle royal. Typical battle royal. Andre wins by uh, eliminating the Hart Foundation last. Yeah. Neidhart and Brett. Brett. Neidhart gets the headbutt and kind of messes up as he tries to go over the top rope. He gets caught. So he's got to kind of like wiggle himself over the top rope to eliminate himself mm-hmm. to get ready for Brett to be thrown over the top by Andre onto Jim. And like this is like it's also important to know that at this time Andre the, the Giant was known as Mr. Battle Royal. Yes. Yes. Like he was never defeated. Yes. So like having him go over kind of made sense. I kind of wish though it was kind of like an Andre versus the fridge. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wish yeah, it was too big. Well, the match was made to get the fridge over for the hometown crowd, but to also have Andre win. So I don't know. That may have. <laughs> yeah. If you had, if you had made Andre go over on the fridge as the last two, uh, you may not, you may not have seen Andre turn heel right before WrestleMania three. It may have actually happened that night. Um, uh, and then before we cut to the main event, Roddy Piper cuts a not nice promo on Mr. T. Uh, he says things that could not be said today. Great promo. We won't uh, say them. We cannot say them. Uh, but if you want to see uh, Piper basically doing a shoot on Mr. T on WrestleMania 2, uh, take a look. It's right after the Battle Royal. They cut to New York. Not so friendly. It's not friendly. And then from there, we go to the main event of the Chicago portion. Which is the Dream Team against the British Bulldogs. And just before team. we start, you know, if you had ever seen this match, it was 
Well, basically, it was Greg Valentine versus the the British Bulldogs, and yes. we'll explain why. <laughs> the tag team of the Dream Team is uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake, oh, who are the who are the who are the champs coming. I into call this. him Brutal Beefcake. This is he the, was Brutal Beefcake. In this, this is for the tag. <laughs> this is for the tag team titles, uh, and the British Bulldogs, which is Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Um, we were talking about how fast. Uh, Randy Savage was yep. Dynamite Kid is as fast, oh, if not God. faster than Randy Savage. I was in so yeah. very impressed. Like I, I mean, I watched amazed. wrestling back then, and I watched the British Bulldogs and that kind of thing. But I mean, I was only a kid. I never really was, you know, savvy enough to really appreciate the skill set of Dynamite Kid. And I can yeah. understand why people actually say, arguably, like pound for pound, best ever. Yeah, he by was, some people, he was very good. Um, at one point, Davy Boy press slams Beefcake so hard. When Beefcake falls, the whole ring bounces, and Davy Boy yeah, almost yeah, jumps, yeah. and it made it look so very impressive. And Davy Boy is just put together. There's like if, a few if you spots. look like a, if you want a pro, if you think of a pro wrestler, Davy Boy was yes, it. like muscles upon muscles uh, with him. So it was. I didn't think it was that bad of a match. Um, there were some weird things that went on that I, that kind of brought it down for me. At one point, Valentine goes for a pile driver. So Dynamite is, is upside down facing out. And instead of sitting back like you're supposed to on a pile driver, uh, Valentine just kind of falls forward like in a reverse tombstone. So like a gotch driver? Almost, but uh, he it didn't look good. And, it, and like, uh, Dynamite's head was a little bit below his knees so like he could have really got hurt from that it was like a spike pile driver yeah almost it was just it it wasn't very well done uh and beefcake looked like he didn't even know what he was doing in this match no he didn't belong in that match i mean Greg. i mean if there was an mvp in the match it was greg valentine because i mean he carried both of them i mean the spots he was doing the beating he took yeah i mean he had to improvise so many times i mean it's just I felt bad for him. I really did. Uh, Valentine, at one point, you could... or No, this is a couple points. He kept on motioning to Brutus to come into the ring. Like, I saw I was, that, yeah. I was wondering if Brutus was forgetting the spots. <laughs> like, if he was if he was supposed to come in and he was forgetting, like, oh, yeah, I have to go in there. Oh, yes, I have to do this There now. wasn't much take team maneuvers on their end. No. No. There well, because Hammer was in the... That's why he was trying to yeah. signify, like, come and do a double suplex or a double chop or something to yeah. signify we're an actual tag team. Yeah, and uh, so that wasn't great. Uh, the finish was quite cool. I love the finish. Yeah, the finish was good. Uh, so Dynamite Kid kind of props himself up on the top rope, and Davy Boy grabs... Greg. Uh, Greg Hammer, Greg, Greg Valentine, and rams him into Dynamite Kid's head. And Dynamite flows. So Dynamite flies outside the ring, lands on the floor, really, that looked bad. And uh, and Hammer's knocked out, Davy Boy gets the one, two, three. Now, uh, where was Brutal at this time? Yeah, like, that's like, the There thing. was no breakup. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think, um... I don't think he even knew that he was supposed to get in the ring or something. Like, I, I don't understand what was going on. Uh, but the Bulldogs um, go over. They get the titles. They uh, Davy Boy announces at the end that that they're going to now stay in America because um, uh, because I guess they were going to leave if they didn't win, which was not said during the match at all. <laughs> but they're going to stay in America. And Ozzy Osbourne is there. And well, he, that's right. He was there. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is in the British Bulldogs' corner. British Bulldogs forever! And 
that's basically his contribution to the match. And he got, he got paid half a million dollars for saying that one line. There you go. Now, and, uh, before, uh, before we continue, I have one theory about what happened with Beefcake not being into that match. Valentine was probably in the back looking for him to go over the spots in the match. But I think Brutus Beefcake was actually in Hulk Hogan's... Oh, well, I guess he couldn't have been in his dressing room because he was in a different city at the time. But he's probably on the phone with him, trying to buddy-buddy with him, politic with him, and say, hey, you think he'd get me into a main event spot in 1989 for SummerSlam? I don't know. Think it over and let you know. With that being said, everybody, <laughs> I must go. I bid you adieu. I will see you at the next episode. Jesse and Dave... We'll take it from here. Goodbye, everybody. Toodles. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, so, at the end of the match, back to the, the Bulldogs here. At the end of the match, Dynamite Kid's out on the floor. And Ozzy Osbourne and, and Davey Boy are holding the titles. Ozzy's acting <laughs> like he won the things. And I'm just like, oh, that's nice for Dynamite. He wins the titles. He doesn't even get and to celebrate. To be quite honest, the way that Dynamite bumped it, he's probably genuine... Like, oh, I bet you like, he was. I'm hurt. not feeling like getting up. Yeah, no, he, 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 like, he. You have to see it to understand the velocity that he flew off those ropes. Yeah. And then from there, we go off to LA, uh, where Jesse Ventura, uh, Alfred Hayes, and Elvira commentate. This is finally a guest celebrity that I know who she is. Yep. Um, I don't know who she is. But I, I like, I, I've seen her. I know of her. So I, at least we have that. So. Two or one out of three, I guess, ain't bad to quote me to not quote Meatloaf. Um, and then we're off to the first match, which is Hercules Hernandez against you know our unanimous favorite Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yep, uh, great match. Uh, Hercules underrated, uh, very underrated for for a worker, and he's another guy that's put together. Uh, I'm assuming like a lot of these guys back then were on were on juice. Uh, you could tell, but. He could still move. He could go. Um, and Ricky puts on a great match with anybody. I'm pretty sure he could work a match with a broomstick and it'd be a heck of a match. Uh, and he probably put the broomstick over. That's right. That's right. He's that kind of guy. Um, Steamboat does his uh, arm drags, which just look pretty as can be. Oh, those arm drags. Like, and like we have to give credit where it's due as well. Like, Not only does Ricky execute them effectively, but Hercules could have botched them. Yes. But he made him look good as well. Like, his follow-through is just perfect. Exactly, yeah. And uh, Steamboat ends up winning with a diving crossbody, which just looks so pretty. A very good match. A good way to start off the L.A. portion. Um, you get two good workers that have a good match. It went about 10 minutes, and it got the crowd going. Um, did you uh, did you see the, the double gorilla press slams? Yes. Oh, like those are pretty. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've always loved those moves because they're so believable. Like you're yep. dropped from a high, yep. You know, high, you know, feet in the air and like just land on your back. I I also like Steamboat's chops, and I like how Ventura, being the heel announcer, kind of says, you know, the ref's got to take a look because that's getting dangerously close to the throat, <laughs> which it was. If you watch it, like he gets quite close to the throat, and. But they still look so good, and they look so powerful. They look like they're actually hurting, hurting them. So, very good match. But then we go to the second match, and this was not a good match. It's just, I kind of wish these matches were reversed on the card. Because I'm like, how do you go from a great worker like Ricky Steamboat like, to a match that has uh, adorable Adrian Adonis and Uncle Elmer? Uncle Elmer, yes. Uh, now, Adrian Adonis has, has gained... Uh, a lot more weight. 
Ironically, and he's playing a a very flamboyant character now, and he's gained a lot more weight since we last saw him in that wrestling classic when he was playing the biker, and Uncle Elmer is north of 400 pounds, so this is a lot of beef in this ring, and um, it's just not a good match, and it seems like at some points Adonis is bumping to embarrass Elmer, like he he overbumps. And and at one time, Elmer punches him, and Elmer falls. <laughs> fall. Like, that is when you know your punches are effective, is when you have so much strength and power behind them that you fly back. It's like Sonic Boom. Yeah. He Sonic Boom punched Adrian Adonis. Yeah, not, not, again, not a good match. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just not good. Uh, Adonis ends up winning with the fist drop. Okay, correction. Is it a fist drop or is it a headbutt? I said it was a fist drop. Because the commentator said headbutt, but it looked like a fist drop. You know what? One of those situations where you're just like... The commentators were Ventura, <laughs> Hayes, and Elvira. If it was Monsoon, I'd, 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 go, I'd side with Monsoon, but I'm sticking with my fist drop. Okay, fist drop. I, I, I put headbutt with a question mark. But anyway, <laughs> nonetheless, it was a high-risk maneuver that connected. One, two, three. And not a good match. No, I was glad when it was over. And then the next match was the Funk Brothers, which are Dory. Sorry, no, no, no Terry no, ha- and, and Haas. Haas. Yes. Terry and Haas against Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. Now, I don't understand the build to this match. I don't either. No. But I understand that, you know, you have four good workers. Four good workers. Terry Funk plays a great crazy man. Like where he loved the top rope sales. He loved he, going over the top rope. He loved going over the top rope any point he could. There was one point where Haas was being shot into the ropes, and Terry tried to reach over as he's on the outside to stop Haas, and he missed, and he flipped himself into the <laughs> ring. Like, it was just, it was, it was all, it was funny to watch, but it wasn't, it didn't take away from the match. It just showed that like Terry, it, it was like almost Terry cared so much about winning, and he didn't want, he didn't want to lose. And Terry Funk played a great, a great crazy <laughs> man, you know, middle aged crazy, very sporadic. Yes, like he had no idea what he was going to do next. And yep. basically, it was just a high energy match. Very, yeah, very good match. Um, like I remember the the opening sequence was his body slams, like three or four body slams in yep. a row. Yeah, and uh, JYD gets in his headbutts. Uh, Tito Santana actually hits the uh, the flying elbow, uh, uh, but it, that's not his finish yet. His finish is still the figure Three-four. four, uh, which which I I forgot that that was his finish. Yep. Um, but I thought it was a good tag team match for what it was for for two guys like Tito and JYD that obviously don't tag together very often. It was it was very good. And I and at this point I actually completely forgot about Haas. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot he was even brother. I thought yeah. it was Dory when I saw Funk Brothers. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be Dory. I did the same thing in my notes. I have Dory first, and then and then like, Ventura said <laughs> Ventura said Haas, and I'm like, oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> same amount of letters, but wrong letters. Wrong, wrong guy. Um, the finish was. Uh, Jimmy Hart throws in the megaphone and um, uh, Terry hits JYD with the megaphone to go over. What I didn't like about this is that JYD's finish is a headbutt. Why would a megaphone hurt him, to be quite honest? <laughs> like, it, if you're going to use the megaphone, it should have been to Tito. Yep, it would make sense. You know, that that's how I would have booked it because Tito doesn't use a headbutt as his finish. You need to... The thump? The thump, yeah. Which is, which is, the thump is the most 80s finish I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, just the, the... Well, it's one of those finishes that he hits three times. He hits three times and he does a roll, hits him again, does a roll, and he does the, the crawl towards him. It looks so 80s, it's so funny. And but it, it works. Because, like, the, the guy taking it gets it done three times. You would think yeah. after the first one, okay, that hurts. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to lay down. Yeah, no, no he I'm takes gonna, it two more take, times. Two more times. 
and then, then from there we have a long break because we are setting up the steel the cage, cage, the blue steel cage, which looks awesome. Love that cage. Uh, for the main event. And yeah, the main event is King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan. And Hogan's the champ. Hogan's the champ. And it's for I the just, world title. I always get excited for when Hogan's booked because of Real American. Yes. And whenever that theme song hits, I don't care if you're and a fan of him or not. And the crowd goes wild. You know it word for word. And I guarantee you, as you're watching on TV, you're doing the Hogan poses. <laughs> like, I promise you. When, like, I don't care where you are. Like At the gym. That's one of my favorite pump-up songs. That's right. American. So that, mu- that music hits. He comes out. Uh, they both enter the cage. and They really build the cage the well. The cage. They keep on saying that this is not normal steel. It's reinforced steel because of Bundy's size. Uh, and they really, they really um, build the cage, which is awesome because you're like, oh, this is going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be these two hate each other. They reinforce the cage to keep them in so they can settle their differences, which is great. Which, which is great to a point because then the process of the match ending is you have to escape. Yeah, and I've never understood that psychology where, like, you want someone in a cage so you can. And this rivalry. And then another thing I don't like is King Kong Bundy was booked as this monster. Yeah. And this match, I felt he was booked as a, as a cowardice heel. Yes. Where he yeah. was trying to run away and he had to help him out. Like, it's just, after that year long of built, then I see him executing his story and I'm like, so he's now a coward? Yeah, it didn't, they could have, they, I don't know how you would have booked that better. I, I don't have an idea on how to do it, but, because um, Hogan had to keep the title. Especially, especially if they were already planning what was going to happen in WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. Hogan still had. Well, to this have is the back title. in the day where they started backwards. Yes, so if Hogan needed to keep the title, but there had to be a better way to book Bundy, uh, and I maybe it's politicking. I'm not sure, uh, but there was a few things in the match that I liked. Um, first off, uh, when there's a there's supposed to be a huge dislike between guys. They should start brawling right away, which is what they did. Here. You know that's my biggest pet peeve. Yes, don't don't lock up. Don't don't try to do uh, uh, internationals or or whatever. Just start throwing haymakers at each other. You yep. guys don't like each other. Let's go, and that's exactly what they did. Just uh, to give insight, though, like a match that happened recently was Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, where Bray has his house burned down that by Orton. And he's angry, and then the match starts, and they and the, and they're locking up. And to me, it's like no, like go in there with the intent to harm. Yes, like that's what I like with this match. Yeah, and uh, they use the cage very well. Uh, Bundy bleeds, um, and and it makes sense. Uh, Hogan has tape on his ribs because they show how the program gets set up with Bundy doing the avalanche a bunch of times to him. And uh, Bundy strips off the 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 tape and starts choking Hogan with it. Uh, try to tie him to the rope so Hogan can't grab him when he tries to leave the See, cage. See, that I, I like because yeah. it, it shows that he's a, a heel and that he's going to win. Yeah. But when he tries to escape and he's doing it in like a coward like mansion, like a fashion, like he's trying to like, you know, he can help me. I, I hate that. Yeah. But this, I thought that was quite, you know, just smart to have Hogan attached to the ring rope to give him time to get out. Yep. But then Hogan just, you know, he's Hogan. He's Hogan. He'll play like, around with anything. So. <laughs> he's suburban commander. You can't yeah. stop him. That's right. Uh, there's also another spot where Hogan Irish whips 
Bundy hard into the turnbuckle and Bundy pops out and Hogan uses Bundy's momentum to power slam him. I which love I that. loved because it showed that like he can't just let Bundy just and there was a couple spots where he tried to lift Bundy and Bundy would splash him, would splash him and, and fall on him. And this time he had to use momentum to to, to body slam. And it was a huge moment. The crowd went nuts. Uh, Hogan then hits the leg drop off it. Um, <laughs> the, the Hogan leg drop. The Hogan leg drop. The 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 greatest finishing move in sports entertainment history. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rocky. Um, and he does a little strut and starts to leave the cage. And I think that's the finish. He gets out of the yep. cage. As Bundy is trying to, is getting pulled by Heenan, trying to pull him through the cage door as, as Hogan goes over the cage. Um, and yeah, Hogan wins. The crowd goes wild. So like, for me personally, if I was in charge of the of booking this match, I would have had like Bundy go for the corner splash and Hogan moves. And Bundy just smokes his head in the cage and knock, gets knocked out. Yeah. And then that's how Hogan leaves. Because that way, it's like, okay, Bundy went to kill Hogan. Hogan reversed. Hogan, you know, Bundy knocked himself out. Yeah. Legitimately, like, it looks good. And yeah. Hogan just leaves. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I wanted Bundy. Because at this time, I was a huge fan of Bundy. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm i assuming Hogan didn't want to look like... <laughs> he didn't want to look like he got lucky. I think yeah. Hogan wanted to look like he won. And, you know, when, you, when you've been the champ for... Uh, this is 1986, so two years plus at this point. I guess you have a little bit of clout. Well, you, you have some good leverage. You know, um, and yeah, that was the finish. Hogan does his posing. Uh, Venture uh, blasts Hogan because obviously he's the heel. He doesn't like Hogan. Uh, Bobby Heenan's upset. Uh, and that's how we end WrestleMania 2. So what say you? What's the rating uh, you give you know, overall? I would give that... Like, not just the match, but the, the whole the event. The whole thing? Like, I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. Like, yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't the greatest. Um, they had... There were some good matches, but there were some matches that were just... That kind of soured it. You know, there was the opening match well, those were the matches where concession sales go higher. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the Adonis-Elmer match made no sense to me. I guess every portion had a match that didn't... Correct. Work. The New York portion, besides the... Uh, besides the Let's do individual grading. From, from all three venues. Oh, well, no. So the first venue... And, and I'm just giving this because of the Steamboat, or the Savage match, sorry. I'm, I'm giving it a 3 out of 10. New York was not good. No, it was not. It was not good. Uh, the boxing match was bad. The opening match, really dumb finish. Uh, and nothing against Roberts, but that was a man match. But yeah, 3 out of 10. That and boxing match was not good. I would give it a 3 out of 10 as well. But just because of the boxing. Yeah. It was uh, an immediate kill. Chicago, I give it like a 5 out of 10. Like, the, the Battle Royal was fun. It was entertaining. You know. Uh, it served the, its purpose. The tag match was, was good. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess less br- brutal beefcake, the better. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think I gave, like, I would give the L.A. portion a 7 out the of 10. The highest one. 10, yeah. Yeah, they, they did a good job of building towards the L.A. portion. The climax was there. But, uh, yeah, that is uh, episode 6. Of Square Circle Rewind. Uh, Episode 7 is what? Episode 7 will be next Saturday. And we'll be reviewing the WWF The Big Event. Which is in 1986 from Toronto at uh, Exhibition Stadium, I believe it's called. Uh, So please uh, take a watch of the pay-per-view. And then listen for us next week. We will drop when when we'll let you know when we're going to be dropping our live podcast. And uh, we hope you're listening. Over and out.